Hi, Joe. I, I love you like a love song, baby. <laughs> I, I love you like a love song, baby. I, I love you like a love song, baby. Did you, like, practice that? And I keep hitting repeat, <laughs> peep, 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 peep. Hi, everybody. I'm Mike. That's Joe. We've been friends for over a decade. I live in the San Francisco Bay Area. Joe lives in L.A. And each week we just call each other and catch up. Yeah. How, how was your week, Mike? So I had a really good week. I, uh, Well, first of all, I have to tell you this story. And it happened twice. This is the only reason I'm telling you. So where I work in downtown Berkeley, I every day I walk Berkeley to go find something for lunch or go to the post office or Staples Supply Store or something, right? And twice this week, two times, um, I was stopped by a blind person and asked for help. The first time, the woman like had a dog and she was like, excuse me. And she just reached out and grabbed and she touched me. And so I stopped and she was like, I'm early for an appointment and I need to find a cafe. Is there a cafe around here? So I like helped her find mm -hmm. Starbucks. Kind of weird, right? It sounds like one of those, um, you know, ABC does that show where it sees <laughs> that people are nice to people. Sure. And then the the ugly Mexican guy comes out and goes, "You were nice to this person." Yes, I would have. I would have like. been nice to everyone. I would have passed. The okay. second time, however, I still would have passed. But they were like power washing the awning of this building, so there was like caution tape around the building, so you could walk on like a very narrow part of the sidewalk. And there was a blind man just standing with his like body touching the caution tape, confused. So he was like, "Can someone help me?" So I like helped him. And told him what was going on. And then I don't know why I did this, but there were a lot of puddles on the small sliver of sidewalk. And it was kind of slippery, but not that bad. And I said to a blind person, Joe, I said, watch your step as I like ushered him on. And then I kicked myself the rest of the afternoon. Who says watch your step to a blind person? Look, we all know you, we, you've established this on the podcast that you're perhaps the most insensitive person <laughs> in the world. You you called people retarded on this show? No, I didn't. You made fun of handicapped people? You did that. Oh, sorry. I, I, I confused you with me. Sorry. Yeah, you're talking about yourself. So that mm -hmm. happened. And then I also need to tell you. So mm -hmm. I, well, first of all, I said last week I was going to go hiking. So on Saturday. Oh, yeah. Instead of like hiking in nature, I decided instead to like do an urban hike. And on Saturday, I did nine miles in San Francisco. So I walked basically from like the Marina building to the Golden Gate Bridge and then kind of back around pretty much all on street. Some of it was like a, a little trail, but nine miles, just urban mm -hmm. walking. But then I have to tell you, remember the guy who I met on the F, the F train and I, you were like upset that I didn't have sex with him. Yes. So... He texted me last week, and he was like, hey, what's going on? This oh, wait, wait, wait. He texted you? Yeah, and he's... I'm like, now I'm... Like, it's gonna... It's gonna... Okay, yeah, go ahead. So last week, he was like, what are you doing this weekend? Let's hang out. So I said I wanted to go hiking this weekend, and I hadn't heard from him. So Saturday, I went hiking alone. I don't need no man. And then Saturday night, after I had just walked nine miles, he texted, and he was like, hey, I really want to go hiking tomorrow. I will come to the East Bay, which is where I live. And let's, he knew a place that he wanted to hike. So I said, yes. So on Sunday, we, we went hiking. Oh, what happened? And then we hiked. Did you get lucky? No. Ugh, you were the fucking 
You are the worst gay person I've ever met in my entire life. Well, I wasn't a, I wasn't opposed to it. You forced me into thinking that I had to have sex with anybody who ever offers it to me. But I so I kind of set myself up for it, but it just didn't happen. So we went hiking, then we went and had a beer, and then that was it. Did you find out what happened? Okay, so for those who didn't listen before, some guy threw himself at Mike on a train, right? It was you know what it was like? Basically, Mike lives in a musical. It was like <laughs> that Judy Garland song. It was like clang 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 with the trolley. It's about a it's about a guy sitting next to her. Ding 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 with the bell. Zip 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 went his zipper. And when Mike saw it, he ran away and hid under the blanket. But you were like you're living a Judy Garland song. Basically, is essentially what we're learning. Basically, yeah. yeah. And the guy was like, the guy was like, I will suck your dick right here. And Mike was like, Sorry. Okay, that that didn't happen. And there's a strong possibility that he might listen. He and I talked about my other podcast, and he was familiar with this Joe character because your name came up. <gasps> what? So he knows. Who- wait, no, wait. So, so my name came up. So I like this. <laughs> what did you guys say about me? <laughs> no, it. I was telling the story about mm-hmm. somehow mm-hmm. in the conversation it came up where we were talking about the value or the the business sense that Kesha and Justin Bieber have. And I mentioned mm-hmm. that you compared it to the business sense of Sarah Palin and how if I give credit to Justin Bieber for creating what he's created or Kesha for, you know, going through and creating a product that sells, then I have to give equal credit to Sarah Palin for doing so too. Wait, did we have this conversation on the podcast? No, it, that was just a conversation you and I have had. Oh, I, I sound smart there. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> so I told that story kind of, and then he's like, oh, so Joe is the guy that you do the, the show where you call each other. So, oh, yeah. I, oh, oh huh? this guy's heard of me. All right. Yeah. I like it. I'm famous. And then also, Joe, when I walked, so the nine mile walk took me probably like four hours. It was like a long time. And I got through, this is the first time this has happened probably since like 2010. I got through my entire queue of podcasts. So I listen to like 37 hours of content a week. And this is the first time that's happened in a long time. Wait, 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 wait. Um, wait, why are we still not talking about how you didn't sleep with this guy? So wait, so what happened on the hike? I don't care that you're listening to podcasts. What happened with this guy? We went on a hike. Did, did the, did the, did the topic of sucking of dicks come up? No. It was actually pretty innocent. Did you find out about the boyfriend? No. Not really. He mentioned the only thing he really mentioned. So he's having some issues with his his cuz him and his brother live in the city in the same city for the first time since he's like officially been out. And so he's kind of dealing with his brother like Don't pivot this. Don't pivot this into non you having sex with this guy. What is going on with you having sex with him? Nothing. We didn't do it. Do you okay? Do you think it will happen? Um, I don't know. It's so much work, Joe. It's too much work. Okay, so tell me about the your fascinating story about listening to the podcast. So <laughs> I hate you. So I cleared out my queue, but then also another great accomplishment this week is I cleared out my Hulu queue. So I am like. My cue anxiety is super low right now, and it feels really good. Mm-hmm. And I didn't have sex. Yeah, 
Well, you're 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 becoming Liz Lemon more and more in every episode of the podcast. Joe, if I had sex, maybe my cues would be full of stuff that I had to clear out later. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, you know, say yes to the dress. You have to get through those episodes. <laughs> you have to make sure that uh, that happens. Well, that's more important than getting laid. Well, <laughs> priorities, I guess. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty much it. aside from changing my clock, which I haven't done in five years. That's pretty much it. Um, okay, so let's cover some old business here. I was supposed to go to Richard Simmons this weekend, and it didn't happen. And it wasn't because of me. I was ready to go. Okay, I had I had my twelve dollars cash. I had my beach towel. These are all things that I knew I was supposed to bring. A beach towel specifically, then, or a gym towel? Yeah. Oh, well, those you could bring a yoga mat or a beach towel, but I don't have a yoga mat. Right. Uh, I was ready to go, and then uh, one of the people who was supposed to go was like, I hurt my foot. And then another person was like, well, I can't find a babysitter. What about the girl with the broken foot? The girl with the broken foot could babysit. Oh, good point. And then my friend Shannon was like, well, I could go, but I'm going to already have a hard workout before that. So I'm like, she goes, I'll go if you want to. And I was like, uh, well, what's the point? Hmm. So... I'm going to try and go this weekend, but I'm going to have sex with Richard Simmons. Let me tell you. And then we have a friend, Kate, right? Yeah. She texted me. She had heard the last episode, and she was like, oh, I've been, and it's going to kick your ass. And I was like, what? So then that made me really – it made it easier for me not to go when I heard that. I thought it was going to be, like, fun, and we just, like – I wear a banana suit and laugh. Sweating you know? sweat to the oldies. Yeah. I thought I thought that would be – but I thought it would be more oldies and less sweating. Right. Well, you know? are you going to make a plan to go with people so that you have reasons to not go next time? Or are you going to... Well, because I have this fear that he's going to like pick on me like, hey, you know, and so like I want to be with people. Not going to happen. Richard Simmons is going to pick on you? Why? Well, not pick on me like me. Like, come on, get up here and dance. I'm going to be wearing like a Carmen Miranda hat in the second and dancing in the front of like doing the mambo. That sounds fabulous. With... I know, but I want to be with people if that happens. Okay. So... I, don't, I, I was tempted to go alone just for the sake of the podcast, but then I thought better of it. I have um, I have a small confession, and I don't know if this is good or bad. I won't say that I wasn't going to go on the hike, but the morning of the hike, I was like not feeling super energetic and maybe hoping he was going to cancel. But then I thought, I just can't wait to tell the story on the podcast. Yeah, yeah. And that was one of the reasons I was going to go to Richard Simmons. I think I'm going to go this weekend. He does it every Saturday. So I'll just go this weekend. So that's going to be, we're going to do a repeat, a repeat, peep, 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 um, uh, at the, what we talk about what we do during the week. Okay. I went to go see the Oz the Great and Powerful uh, oh, this weekend. I want to see it. Ugh. What? It's exactly what you think it is. It's James, is this James, well, James Franco. I don't know. So, done. I'm about. done. Stop there. I will go see it. Okay. He's very James Franco in it. But I'm going to tell you something. Actually, I didn't, I didn't think about this in talking about the podcast, but I've been saying this. I am so convinced James Franco is straight because he so fucks with us that he wants us to think he's gay. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. I'll give you a better example. I have a friend whose brother is a professional ballet dancer. Okay? Ballet or belly? Ballet. As in like, uh, you know, leotards. Yeah. Okay. And we were at a wedding together once and we got, we're having a few drinks. We had a conversation and he told me. He's like, in the middle of the conversation, he's like, Joe, you have to understand something. I wish I I was gay. I, I, I would remember being like a teenager and just wishing I was gay. Because he 
he works in an industry where everybody's gay. So he was like, do you understand how easy my life would be if I were gay? He said, I used to wish I was gay. Which he's, I even had gay sex for a while. I would have, I'd try and have boyfriends. I'd try and hook up with guys. And he goes, and I just realized it's not for me. I just, and he goes, I, you understand how badly I want to be gay, and I'm not. And I was like, this is the straightest guy that I know. Yeah. Because he actually did it. And that's the same thing with James Franco is I've seen videos of James Franco giving head. I have all those gay movies he's made. He talks about gay. He's pissed that there's no gay porn in Australia. And I'm like, James Franco is so straight. Isn't that weird? That's the opposite effect. Yeah. So anyway, he the movie is extremely predictable. Exactly what you think it is. It is. Mila Kunis is horrible in this movie. And but uh, this Rachel Vice is amazing. She's really good in it. And the effects are good. There's some bad effects. I mean, it's it's exactly what you think it is. It's it's too it's weird though. It's too scary for children, but then too childish for kids who'd be old enough to get through the scary. It's really weird. But that's not the reason I'm telling. I'm bringing this up. So Shannon and I went together, and she bought the tickets, and we got these tickets. She got it late, and that's not her fault. We decided last minute. And it's one of those those fancy theaters where you can reserve your seat ahead of time. And so the only seats left were like in the third row right in front of the screen. So we were sitting next to this woman, and she sits next to me, and she's kind of a very serious mom-looking kind of. Mike, I have never seen anybody react so insanely to a movie. <laughs> Like, woman. what do you mean? Like, laughing or? Oh, everything. But, like, a butterfly. Because you know, it's 3D. So, a butterfly would come out and she'd be like, whoa! <laughs> and, like, like arms flailing because a butterfly came out. And Shannon kept thinking it was me. <laughs> and so, she would go, Joe. And I'd be like, it's not me. It's this woman. And then, you know, like, all of a sudden, some gold coins would fly out. And she'd be like, whoa! Like, like making that noise. <laughs> and, like, reaching out to catch them? Yes. Mike. You think I'm being funny, but yes, that's what she was doing. Yes, it was ridiculous. So that was kind of funny. We were laughing about that afterwards because then Shannon eventually saw her. There's something about me that attracts crazy people at movies. That's why I don't go. Do you remember when we saw Chicago, the movie, the mm-hmm. musical? Yes. And Well, that... first of all, let me tell you, you're you're the opposite. You're the complete opposite. I hate going to the movies with Mike. We went to this comedy, and I would laugh at the comedy, and Mike would be like, shh. No, first of all, I never told you to shush. Yes. It, maybe once when you said, like, during a quiet moment, boring, and I was like, Joe. Then it shouldn't have been boring. You're lucky then, I haven't done this during this podcast. I hate <laughs> – you probably – you actually have. I hate people talking in movies, though. I pay way too much to, like, have to listen to them, like, recap the movie to one another. When we saw Capote the movie, the person behind us, the couple behind us, they were like – narrating the woman was narrating to the man the entire time i know and then this movie he has a drink in his hand about 95 percent of the movie right Mm -hmm. and then at the end of the movie the the screen comes up and it tells you like how everybody's life went after the movie ended so so and so you know died at this age and so and so got married to that person and then truman capote's picture comes up and it says that he died from some sort of liver with liver issues and the lady leans over and she's like, hmm, I wonder if, if he was a drinker. I know. And, of course, Mike got mad and like punched her in the uh, face. I wanted to throw my shoe at her. A shoe? What? what yeah, what, you take a shoe Are from the Middle East? Yeah. <laughs> and then, well, do you remember when we saw Chicago, too? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, this shows you how long ago we were friends. Yeah. <laughs> at the end of the movie, 
Um, everybody listening probably knows the story, but at the end of the movie, the big credits are happening with the big lights and stuff and the big dance number. And one person over our left shoulder says, that's show business. And then somebody over our right shoulder says what? Oh, um, there's no business like show business. (laughs) That one wasn't, that one wasn't annoying. That one was just weird that that happened. Michael, Michael almost threw his high heels at her. Yeah. Mike went in heels to Chicago. All right. So this is not the topic. This was not the, I wanted to save this for the end. So on Friday, I went over to my cousin's house. I have this cousin. Okay. He's gay. He's a week, he's, he's only a week younger than I am and he's gay. Okay. Okay. And I went over to his house and we're just chit chatting. He went to some ACLU event during the week, which I know Mike will bring up the fact that Mike was in the ACLU during his, uh, political years. He went to some ACLU event. Now, look, here's the thing with my cousin. He is, there's so many reasons why I admire him. And in the family, he's truly a trailblazer. Like, when he was 18 years old, he was like, fuck it, I'm gay. It causes huge drama in the family. He was ostracized for a while. It was a big, big deal, right? Because he was the first person to come out. But it's because of people like him that it made it very easy for me to come out, you know? So I do admire him as a trailblazer, but as often as the case with trailblazers, they can be very annoying with their points of view and how strident they are and how and self-righteous. So he went to this ACLU event and he drank the fucking Kool-Aid, man, the goddamn Kool-Aid. And look, here's the deal. This is, I, I guess, I don't know, Mike, maybe Mike can clarify this more. I, I'm not conservative at all. I'm definitely a liberal, but I guess I'm more on the... You have some libertarian views, I think. Yeah, I I guess I'm more moderate than I am, like, super left. Okay. But the point is, he was, my cousin was like, yeah, and then this ACLU woman stood up, and she was saying how she really hopes, it's her dream, that this Prop 8 case, she thinks it's going to go her way, but she thinks she really hopes it goes to the national level. And I was like, "Mm, not going to happen. And he was like, why not? And I'm all, because... I know a lot about this Prop 8 case. They wrote it specifically just from from Judge Von Walker all the way up, knowing that this was a high likelihood to go to the Supreme Court. They wrote it to be very, very narrow and specific to California. Right. You know, so that the Supreme Court wouldn't – it would limit the the hesitancy of the Supreme Court to be activist. You know? Sure. Yeah. Anyway, that's boring. The point is he was like, no, no. Like, but it certainly it would like lead the way for oh no it'd be something a huge... to happen nationally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, there's that saying: as California goes, so goes the country. Meanwhile, we're like the 14th state to be gay if it happened. But um, the 14th uh... state to be gay. <laughs> go on. I think even if I think Prop Eight, the Prop Eight decision is going to go our way. I really do. But in, even if it doesn't, we're in a better position than the DOMA case because public perception has shifted so much that if this becomes a prop, it'll just make it a proposition again and we'll just repeal Prop 8, you know, and it'll pass easily. And when I'm saying this, he goes like, yeah, and the woman said that the, it, Prop 8, the, the attitudes uh, in this country about gay people have shifted because of the ACLU. And I was like, what? And he got kind of testy. He was like, yeah, it is. And I kept trying to say, no, I think it's because older people are dying and younger people are, you know, it just the, the generational shift and people get younger people are more in tune with 
because of the media. And I think there, look, I think there's a number of reasons. I'm not saying the ACLU and political organizations aren't playing a part in but it's it. It's small. I think a lot of it. Maybe you can make an argument that the ACLU has made it easier for people to come out, and therefore people know gay people at work or gay people know people. It's you're more protected to be out because of the work of the ACLU. Was yeah. that maybe? No, because one of his arguments to me is like, no, notice how happened. I guess the woman said that it's all because of the ACLU because notice how fast it was, like since 2008 to now, that it's all because of the work of the ACLU, that it, things don't happen that fast. Look, Joe, if your cousin who happens to be gay wants to give time and money to the ACLU, What's the big deal? I don't care about that, but don't treat like, – I'm just saying I don't care what you give money to. I don't care what you support, but at least look at it with realistic – I don't like people who just drink Kool-Aid, drink the Kool-Aid. And this is – I'm using a San Francisco reference, the Jonestown reference, who drink the Kool-Aid and they just totally just say what – they. And this goes for liberals and this goes with conservatives. And I feel that you have to be very um, – I don't know if honest is the right word, but you have to look at yourself with a hard look in the mirror. In fact, that's where it got kind of heated because I was saying the gay movement has to realize that it dropped the ball in 08 during the No on 8 campaign. It was such a given to them that it was going to pass. I mean, I'm sorry, that Prop 8 was going to go down that they didn't do much in the beginning. And so the Mormon church came in, swooped in, supported it, and pushed all this money. And by the time... The people, the anti-Prop 8 people were able to put anything together. It was too late. They didn't put ads out really heavy until October, and it was done. And there's, I mean, there's a number of reasons, and I know we're, uh, we're going to get a number of emails from people with all their theories. Look, I don't care about your theories. I'm caring about that my cousin was wrong. That's all I care about. I don't care about Prop 8. I don't care about the Supreme Court. I don't care about gay marriage. I just, it, my whole goal in life is for my cousin to be wrong. Thank you. You're, you're so mean. I care about everybody's theories, so please send them to me, and I will write nice emails back to you and maybe draw you a picture. What are your fabulous news stories, Mike? Hey, um, well, first of all, this isn't much of a news story, but you remember that guy MC Hammer? They they dropped the charges. They dropped the charges on him. Of course. That it's not really much of a news story, but uh, well, uh, Mike, you can't touch this. Oh, God, I didn't do it right. I didn't set it up right, but... No, Joe, so I'm leaving that in there because let me read you this. It appears that Dublin police did not want to touch the charges against rapper MC Hammer. <laughs> Good joke, Joe. Even a newspaper reporter wrote it. <laughs> I know. Well, it is low-hanging fruit. It really was low-hanging fruit. Yeah. So this has kind of um, been in the paper the past couple of days. Uh, somebody in Walnut Creek, which is on this side of the bay, on the East Bay... His name's Masood Ardalan. He, every day he goes to the Shell station in Walnut Creek and he buys pumpkin seeds and a lotto ticket. And this, the other day he went in, he only had 15 bucks. He put $10 into his gas tank and then spent the five on lotto tickets and didn't buy pumpkin seeds. And the dickhead won like 33 million bucks on the lotto. So that's kind of been in the news because he didn't claim it right away. Mm -hmm. So it was, it was like, unsolved lotto ticket or unclaimed lotto prize i would i wouldn't i wouldn't claim it right away i wouldn't claim it here's what i would do i would never tell anybody ever not even my parents i'd get a lawyer i would change my name i'd get major plastic surgery and, you'd <laughs> and you would never see my ass again i would use my money 
to fake my own death. Really? <laughs> yeah, yeah, Mike. <laughs> yes. I believe you. <laughs> well, uh, here I'll be real. If 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 I really did win that much money in the lottery, I would take some time to talk to the financial advisor. And you don't have to do it right away. I'd talk to the financial advisor. I would get, hire an accountant. I'd hire a lawyer, a business manager. I'd get all that in place and then claim the money. I've I've thought the same thing. Like if I ever won, maybe not telling like anybody, trying to keep it as quiet as possible and then maybe making up some lie like, oh, I got a, I don't know, a book published and then... Yeah, I wrote Harry Potter. Help people. Do you know what I mean? Like help out financially. Oh, but, what? Yeah, like I would pay off my parents' house. What oh, 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 yeah, my parents and my brother and stuff like that. But uh... Yeah. I even have a few friends that like I would set them up with like a business of some sort. I think that's good. Like give them the seed money to start something. And did you know the, the store that sells the winning lotto ticket gets half of 1%? Yeah, I know. They make some money too. It's so crazy. this the store owner and what sucks is this man that buys the pumpkin seeds he has this good relationship with the guy at the shell station who will get nothing it's only the store owner so it's a shell so the guy who owns the shell station who's never never even met this guy before is going to get almost two hundred thousand bucks wow what's happening in la um well i want to cover some old businesses like you covered mc hammer the mike tyson play came down to la oh and you're gonna go no, no, no. Already well, played. you said it's so fascinating you would want to see it. Listen to this. Great view in the Times. Great review in the LA Weekly. Great view in LAS.com. Really? Thank That's you. shocking because the San Francisco Chronicle didn't like it. Thank and you. And specifically pointed out that, Thank that you. it didn't touch good points and didn't Muchas explain gracias. everything. I didn't disagree with your your point, though. You said you think that he has a fascinating story, and I agree, and I would read that book. I would watch that play if it was from some trusted author, but, like, his wife Kiki or whatever, mm-hmm. not not interested. I, I, Old I, news. You, you brought that up. You brought that up a lot. What is your opposite? You don't know anything about Kiki. Because she's never done anything before, Joe. That's precisely my point. I know nothing about her. Why would I trust that? I need... I think maybe if but then I you would, like I horrible would, things like this Glee and this Snatch or what is it the show you watch? I would Joe. Those are totally different. I think your if if your point is he has a fascinating story, I don't disagree with that, and I would like to maybe read the book. Maybe what watch did Ryan the Murphy movie? do before Glee? Nothing, but he proved himself in. I don't know. It's different. It's a different thing. If you're saying you want a good story, then I need it from. I don't know, something better. I don't even think he's the right person to act in it. <laughs> what, let me see the movie. I'll watch that movie. Did you see his great acting in The Hangover? <laughs> um, James Franco's not much better in The Oz and the Great and Powerful or whatever. Oh, you know what? You just boiled it down to the precise point. You masturbate to Mike Tyson, so you like this. I would masturbate to James Franco, so I like James Franco. Let me, I don't masturbate to Mike Tyson anymore. Yes, you do. One. You admitted that when you would No, when I was a kid, when I was like, 13 or 12 or 11 or whatever when i was four mike (laughs) mike tyson is in your spank bank therefore you cash your checks there hey look i've masturbated to james franco too well i've never have you really james franco yeah do you masturbate thinking of like movie stars not usually but he made that video where he's sucking a dick oh i've never seen it uh well girl there you go i've masturbated to that okay (laughs) so what else is happening in la anything okay 
Did you hear this story about the Wells Fargo guy? Like, this is such a complicated story. I'm not going to, I read it and I was like, there's no way I can boil this down on the podcast. But basically, Wells Fargo made this major typo and made this man who has heart problems believe that they were going to foreclose on his house because of a, uh, a typo they made. Okay. And then they raised his mortgage because of it. And then they really did foreclose on his house. So he's like, oh, we're going to foreclose on your house. Because you owe this money, and he's like, "Oh," and he can't. He's like, "I can't pay this," and so he stopped making payments on his house. And so after they made, they realized they made the mistake. They're like, "Well, you haven't made your payments, so now we're foreclosing on your house." Holy and shit! So then they were in court, and he dropped dead of a heart attack. Oh my god! In the courtroom, that's so he took horrible. him to court. He took him. He was suing them for doing this to him, and then he dropped dead in the courtroom. That's horrible. That is like typos are like my biggest fear. Do you know what Wells Fargo's response is? They charge him two fifty for dying in a non Wells Fargo <laughs> facility. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you a story. So my my grandfather was having needed to have this ten years ago or so, but needed to have open heart surgery. And they were like, Okay, well, we're gonna we're gonna take him in like this morning or whatever. I remember we were waiting for a long time. And they never took him. And then they came in and they told us that there was a Mexican man at the same hospital who had the same name uh-huh. as him. Like my grandfather had a very common Mexican name. And they had take, they, they'd taken him in. They had prepped him. They had put the X on his heart. And they were about to operate on him before they realized it was the wrong person. They were about to give a man who didn't have, who didn't need open heart surgery. They were about to give him open heart surgery. He like broke his leg. Yeah, he went in for a vasectomy, and next thing you know, he's getting open heart surgery. Um, so yeah, that's my typos are like a big fear of mine. Like something like that happening, I'm always like, I'm always thinking there's gonna be like a typo where like I have to pay more money or that I'm gonna have open heart surgery. A huge fear of mine. I work so I work in social media. That's a huge part of my job, and I fear this has happened to a few people um, in the industry that I know of, and. So on my phone, I control all of my own social networks. I have a Twitter account for my podcast. I have a Twitter account for this podcast. And I just worry that things are going to – and I have a Twitter account for my the nonprofit I work for. I just worry things are going to get mixed up. A while back ago, do you remember this story? Chevrolet had a firm, a PR firm that they were having control of their, all their social media stuff. And the guy on his phone went to go – he was in Detroit. And he meant to tweet from his personal account, but he tweeted from Chevrolet's account. And he tweeted, I can't believe Detroit is known as Motor City. Nobody here can fucking drive. And he did it from Chevrolet's account. And of course was fired like immediately, but it was a big deal. And then the guy running the Red Cross Twitter account did it once too. He tweeted from Red Cross instead of his personal account about going out and getting drunk. And... He was smart, though, because it was like a Friday night. And then that weekend, he turned it into a campaign where because everybody was talking about this tweet and he turned it into a campaign where if you also like beer, why don't you give a dollar to the Red Cross? And he got like 10,000 bucks donated that weekend. So Monday before his boss came in, they had a $10,000 donation because of his accident. So but I worry about that a lot is, you know, posting the wrong account. Similar problem, right? Similar. Do you have another San Francisco news story? Well, the Bay Bridge. Are you familiar with the Bay Bridge? Yes, I've been on it many times. So the Bay Bridge connects San Francisco to the East Bay. 
and there's this big installation. It's funded by private money, but there's this big installation of like lights that are hanging from these like big wires and it like lights up kind of like a light show, but there's no music and you can see it from like both sides of the bay and everybody's talking about or was talking about it. It was like a big to do before when the guy, the artist was setting it up. He was like doing all these interviews talking about how amazing it's going to be and how it reflects and represents the the movement of traffic and water and blah 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 so when it launched everyone was like so excited and now like it's been less than a week and everybody's like bored with it and it's going to be up for two two years so that's been in the news a lot lately about how like it <laughs> once again san francisco bitching about something well this big piece of art that's just boring yeah. Why do they name that after Harvey Milk? They should. Which, by the way, let me tell you something. I've been thinking about this Harvey Milk thing in San Francisco, and I figured it out. I think it's a very big moment for get the gay movement because, obviously, they've run out of things to fight for. If Now they're fighting for like, getting Harvey Milk's name on shit. Because, like, oh, well, gay marriage is going to happen, and we're going to get this, and we're gonna, we already – don't ask, don't tell is gone. So what what else can we bitch about? Let's see. Don't ask gay marriage. Don't ask, don't tell is gone. Harvey Milk's name on shit. And that's a, that's a good, that's a sign that the gay movement is now getting its way because now they're just bitching about stupid ass shit like getting Harvey Milk's name on a goddamn air. Progress. Progress. LA has officially put in a bid for the Olympics for 2024. Yeah. Ugh, I hope we don't get it. That makes you mad? Why? Traffic? Yeah, traffic. More people here. Ugh, it's gonna be annoying. I'm not gonna go to the Olympics. They got, they got rid of wrestling. They got rid of wrestling from the Olympics. The only reason I go to see these guys with their boners and Michael Phelps. Will be, you know, I think Michael Phelps is really hot, right? Minus his face. I don't know. I think his face is beautiful. I think he is so hot. I would sleep with Michael Phelps. Okay, Michael Phelps, if you're listening, I would totally <laughs> sleep with you. I, I would care. too. I wouldn't kick him out of bed. Yeah, I know he has a beat up face, but it sort of adds to his beauty, mm-hmm. actually. Would you? Here's a. Here's the thing about the Olympics coming to town, though, Joe. You could rent out your place for a lot of money. Go sleep somewhere else. There were people – I have a friend who lives, like, on Vancouver Island, which is not even that close to Vancouver, and they rented their place out. Oh, really? Yeah, for a lot of money. Oh, really? That's Cause, cool. Because all the hotels are, like, packed. What do you got going on this week? So I actually don't have a lot because all of my queues are so low, <laughs> which is good. But I want to, this week, watch some movies that were filmed in San Francisco. So now that I'm, like, walking around the city and seeing stuff, I'm thinking, I'm pretty sure that I've seen places that have been in big movies. So on my list. I can name a few already right now. Sister Act is on the list. Pursuit of Happiness with a Y. And then Miss Doubtfire. Those are the three. How about The Graduate? Okay. How about Bullet's Very Famous? And then The Graduate. Dude, that's fucking pure San Francisco. What are you talking about? What's the one um, Alfred Hitchcock movie? Oh, Vertigo. Is Vertigo the one here? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, that's on the list too. So now that I'm seeing plays, I would like to like watch them in movies and like recognize them because before maybe I knew it was San Francisco, but I didn't know, you know, that's on that corner or whatever. Mm -hmm. What about you? What do you got going on? Besides your aerobics class on Saturday. On Saturday, I'm going to go try and see Richard Simmons. So if anybody wants to stalk Joe and see him. Yeah. Meet me at Slimmons. Yeah. Take a lot of pictures. The 11 a.m. class. Tag him on Facebook. He likes that. Love it. Then on Friday, some friends of mine have VIP tickets to Real Time with Bill Maher. 
Ooh. So I'm gonna get, we've gone before, we, you and I. We've gone before, but now I'm going VIP. I don't have to stand in the line. I, Real Time with Bill Maher is filmed in the Price is Right studio. It, it's filmed in the Price is Right studio. And you can still see the Price is Right stuff when you're sitting there. Yeah. But um, here's the deal. I was watching – I watch Real Time with Bill Maher anyway every week. But this week I was like, oh, I want to see who next week's guests are. Who is it? Ugh, that horrible shrew, Rachel Maddow. I cannot stand her. I love her. Rachel Maddow. I hate Rachel Maddow. I All right, you guys her. are listening to the last episode of the Catching uh, Up podcast. Yeah, we should have brought this up at the beginning. This would have been a major fight. This, I love her. No. Terrible human being. She's no different than this Bill O'Reilly. She's no different than this Sean Hannity. She builds this narrative that she only believes. She doesn't like to hear the other side. In fact, the last time she was on, one of the points I wanted to use is this last time she was on Real Time with Bill Maher, this conservative who I didn't agree with who I didn't agree with, was bringing up very valid, not valid, his points weren't valid, but he was arguing with Rachel Maddow, and he was bringing up valid points about what she believes. Things that she said many times in her show. And she freaked out. Freaked out. It was to the point where it was awkward and Bill Maher changed the subject. And she was like, you don't know me. You don't know anything about me. I'm like, bitch, you have a show where you talk for an hour about what you believe. Five nights a week. I don't remember it the same way that you do. Because I remember I it was awkward and it totally stopped the conversation. I remember that. Mm-hmm. But I remember it, her I think she was right. I don't remember. I'm not exactly saying that her I'm not was. saying that her big point was right, but she has a tendency, when it's not her show especially, that when people challenge her, she for reeks. I've seen it other times too. And I'm like There was a meet the press where somebody said something about women and there was like a like basically all the breaks screeched and well I like her and I've read her book. Well, who else is going to be a guest? Um the other ones were semi interesting too. I can't remember who they were. I just don't like her. And then uh some comedian friends, well, I saw some comedian I saw a lot of comedians this weekend. So I had coffee with a few comedians that I like a lot and then some of them came over today uh to the house and hung out. And I think we're going to try and do like a weekly brunch here. So that should be really, really cool. But that's pretty much what I have going on this week. I wanted to give some shout outs. Do you remember Jen Mendel? We worked for her. Yeah. She get... I didn't work for her. Remember when you were, remember when you were her housekeeper and she would come <laughs> into the room and you'd make sassy comments and then leave the room? Yeah. And she made me clean her pool in my, my uh, cutoff shorts. Yeah, exactly. She left a very nice review. Awesome. I read it. It was very nice. We got a few reviews. Who else? Who else was there? Well, do you know who? See, some people don't leave their name. Do you know who? Uh, let's see here. Nolo. Oh, 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 I do know this person. My friend Noel left a very, very nice review. Do you know GFN Minion Number Thirty Four? Um, I could look it up. That's a greetings from nowhere Minion. So that show has like a. They number their fans basically. Oh, they really? Have like a zombie in the zombie apocalypse. That sounds really complicated. It is, and it's wonderful. So they have – it's just part of their show, and they all get numbered. I think I'm number, like, 27. You have to, like, fill out an application and say why you would like to be in their minion army if there's a zombie apocalypse. Um, I'm looking it up right now. 34 is from Daniel P. in Arizona. Oh, look. If you like the show, we have no names for you. Just like the goddamn show and rate us on iTunes. Thank you. <laughs> thank you, Daniel, for the iTunes review. Oh, yeah. Thanks, Dan. Um, somebody named Rick G 69 he gave us a five-star review. Thank you very I much. Do you, I don't know who Rick is. Thank you, Rick. Empress Chris, do you know her? Yes, that's Christina, the 
host of Greetings from Nowhere. Cheap Blue Guitar. That's Brian from the Game Night Guys. He left us a review as well. Thank you, Brian. Thank you. Do you know who J-A-F-S-D is? Oh, I like I like this person. I like this person. Anytime you quote my jokes, I like you. <laughs> and she quotes... I don't know who that is. I can't think of it off the top of my head. Well, I love this person. She put a quote of one of my jokes. Go on iTunes when you review and look at it. I love it. Okay, so Corey Curvin left us a very nice review, uh, which Mike was like, um, who's Oscar and Felix? And I'm like, the names of the characters from The Odd Couple? I'm, so- I'm sorry. I was born in the 80s. <laughs> but let me tell you something. So here in L.A., the podcast is a huge, 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 huge thing, especially with comedians. And so it's one of these things like, you know, there's that joke that every waiter is an actor in L.A. Well, a new joke that's coming out is that every comedian has a podcast in L.A. So I have a comedian friend who was just sort of recently bitching about it, forgetting that I have a podcast. And so he had to backpedal a little bit. But let me tell you this. I've been thinking about this. He's wrong. I'll tell you why. Because I have all these comedian friends who they're like constantly asking me to go to their show, which I'm happy to support them. But that takes me getting in my car, driving somewhere, trying to park in L.A., driving in L.A. and parking in L.A. That's already a lot to ask of somebody. And then I have to pay it for a ticket. Then I have to buy two drinks. Then I have to sit through all these other horrible comedians and listen to their shit. It's typically late at night. Then I got to go home. And I got to say hi to the person. There's a lot you're asking somebody when you ask them to go see your show. With a podcast, you pay nothing. We provide content for free every week. And you can listen to it anytime you want while you're driving, while you're doing the dishes, while you're taking a shower. Anytime you want. Shut the fuck up. Listen to the podcast. Support podcasts. God bless America. God bless the American people. God bless the United States of America. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Bye, Joe. Oh, that's it? Wait, do you have more? No. Goodbye. Thanks for listening to another episode of Catching Up. Follow us on Twitter at CU Podcast. Like the show on Facebook, facebook.com slash CU Podcast. Check out the show notes and find links to our personal Twitter accounts on our website, cupodcast.com. Um, uh, um, 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 well, um, um.